0: It's not which gift. It's your heart's posture. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yes, like the heart posture of what's driving you to do what you're doing. Is it to please people? Is it to please the person that's going to walk in? Is it comparison or you need acceptance or whatever it is that drives us to do what we're doing? If it's not in a place of abiding in Christ... I think, because when you're abiding in Him, like, there's peace, right? There's rest. When you abide in Him, there's rest. You're not trying to please anybody. You're not trying to prove anything because you're already approved by Him. Mm. So Mm. what is it that's causing that in us? And and we all battle with that. I think I Mm -hmm. still, I obviously still battle with that.
0: You're listening to God Hears Her, a podcast for women where we explore the stunning truth that God hears you, He sees you, and He loves you
1: because you are His. Find out how these realities free you, today on God Hears Her.
2: Welcome to God Hears Her, I'm Elisa Morgan. And I'm Erin Eddy. While Jesus was on earth, He was close friends with two women named Mary and Martha. If you're familiar with their story, then you may think of Martha as the busy one who didn't focus enough on being around Jesus, while Mary was the more restful spirit that was willing to spend time with Jesus without hurrying around.
0: Okay, so do you tend to hurry around getting things done? Yes. (laughs) Do you stress about your to-do list, or do you prefer to rest? Would you consider yourself
2: more of a Mary or a Martha? In today's conversation, Elisa and I are talking to Denise Copeland about the stories of Mary and Martha and how Jesus loved them and their unique giftings. Denise Copeland
0: was born and raised in Puerto Rico, but her world was shaken soon after she moved to the United States. She's now a mother of four living and working alongside her husband, Rashawn Copeland, as an online minister, evangelist, and the author of Set Apart,
2: We can't wait to learn more about Denise on this episode of God Hears Her. Elisa, I read this quote that was just really impactful, and it just made me want to dive more into it. It was, God gave me a gift that was difficult for me to accept as a child. It was this article that was written by our guest today. We want to welcome you, Denise. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to spend time with you ladies today. Mm.
0: So we've got to start right into that quote, Erin. I mean, God gave you a gift as a child. Take us there. (laughs) What was that about?
1: Yeah, so, you know, growing up in just a broken home with a single mother, I felt like growing up, I rarely heard the words of encouragement, her words of just pointing out the gold in me. And actually, like, in a sea, because I grew up in Puerto Rico, there's a lot of different beautiful women, like curly hair, straight hair. Mm-hmm. And I found myself in this comparison journey of like, well, she has curly hair. My hair is too chaotic. And I'm not knowing that my hair, I know I sound silly that, you know, consider like my hair being like, oh, God, give me, you know, this is just a gift, like having curly hair or embracing like the natural beauty that, God has given me I found myself in that journey of trying to compare myself with other women and not fully embracing and accepting who God really created me to be physically Mm -hmm. and yeah that just led me on a whole different journey and discovering my purpose in him so yeah that's so
2: beautiful Denise would you share with us what it was like to be a little girl growing up with a single mom Did you grow up in a Christian household? How long did you live in Puerto Rico? I'd love to just Mm -hmm, kind of learn mm -hmm. more about your journey and then get into where you are today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would
1: love that. So I was born in Puerto Rico, and I lived there all the way to up when I was 15 or 16. And after that, I ended up moving to Florida. That's where my dad was. He ended up taking custody over us. I'm living with a single mom. It was... Very stressful. She did the best she could, you know, in raising us up. I can't even imagine just being a single mom and raising two daughters and working and juggling relationships and, you know, all those other things. And so mm. I can't even blame her for half the things that she went through, but it was really difficult for me. I look more like my dad. So I felt like uh-huh. I was a bit of a target for her. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. you know, in moments of arguments or disagreements, it was like more taken out of me and just really beaten down by her words. And the love of a mother is just always so true and just genuine. But those moments really had me questioning like whether or not my mom really loved me as, as her daughter. But,
2: Mm. and that is, can I just pause real quick? That is so real. I have friends that have walked through divorce and learning how to heal when they see their former spouse in their children is a whole journey in itself to heal from. Yeah. And that's what I, I hear you kind of speaking into is that your mom was processing her hurt on you because she saw her former husband, your dad, in yeah. you.
0: I don't think we talk about that very often, and when children do carry those images, Mm. uh, we don't even, for you, you were separated from your dad, you don't even really know what you're carrying. There must be such Mm. a bewilderment about that, and all the way till you're 15, that's many layers of Denise, that's many, (laughs) you know, metamorphoses, you know, of, of Denise.
1: Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of things. Puerto Rico is really like Catholic based. Mm-hmm. And so we were going to church like every Sunday with my mom, you know, once in a while. But my grandma was ultimately the one that would take us to church every Sunday. And I had all these questions like, you know, who is God? Who is Jesus? If this is Jesus, then what does God look like? And just I had this surface level of understanding of who God was and of the commandments and so I was like if I as long as I don't like break all these rules then I'm good. That's as long as i don't, though. I, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Like as long as I actually don't physically kill somebody, then I'm then I'm good. Like <laughs> I'm a good I, civilian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's exactly Check what that I that box yes. Yeah, yeah. I mm. took it literal. Like as long as I did not kill somebody or stole something, like that was good. But now you know Jesus it's a whole different he took it to the next level but Mm -hmm. yeah after that uh my dad took custody over us because it was just too bad a lot of just emotional abuse um verbal and at times physical but it really just had me at a place just at 15 or 16 where I was like man I saw so many things that I don't think a a young woman should have seen Mm -hmm. so young and having been shaped by that my view of relationship with men and my view of things that I should be doing, like, I'm, I'm over here thinking about doing adult stuff, like, when I'm mm-hmm. 15, 16, and I'm, like, not embracing that childhood of being a 15-year-old or 14, where it's just friends and just having fun, whatever 14-year-olds do. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so that's mm-hmm. a little glimpse of that. So
0: take us forward, then, from
1: living with your dad and your sister as well? My sister, yeah. So yeah. I'm the oldest. She's the youngest. Okay. And we moved into my dad's house in Florida, which he always wanted us to move with him. And I was just in denial. I was like, I just love Puerto Mm -hmm. Rico. I love my culture. I love my friends here. And the U.S. just seemed scary to me, especially the language barrier. My first language is Spanish. So moving to Florida was a huge step of faith, but I knew it was the best thing for me and my sister i don't i don't know if my sister had it that bad i can't speak for her but i told her hey i'm moving with that do you want to come and she ended up following me and and my dad remarried he had two other children and so I was just brought into that blended family immediately which you know I love them it was all great but I could sense that they have a mom I don't have a mom now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and even when I moved away my mom never reached out or texted mm-hmm. me and I would reach out she wouldn't answer and I just felt this abandonment like I really feel abandoned like my mom really doesn't care she doesn't really care that we just left she never really showed up to court to fight for us or anything so it led me on a journey of bitterness I was angry bitter and I didn't want anything to do with her I would tell people that I just didn't have a mom I don't have a mom I just mm-hmm. have my stepmom and I carried that for some years so I was junior year of high school when I got there and senior year came, graduated. I didn't even get my diploma of high school because I had such trouble learning the language and passing the date tests, the FCATs and all that, that I just went straight into work. And wow. after that... I was already 18. I was like, okay, I'm grown now. I want to do my own thing, and I just want freedom at this point. And my dad is really strict. Like, it's all about like, there's a curfew. You have to clean. You have to do all these things if you want to go out, and you have to be back by a certain time. And I'm like, oh, I don't think this is gonna work. <laughs> this is gonna work for me you for had an 18-year-old. Seen too much. Yeah. You <laughs> exactly. Had seen too much. Too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. I was. Younger, I, I will be left at my house, or I will even go at that age. Believe it or not, I was already at parties at fourteen, fifteen year. Like I don't think anybody should be at a party at that age, and so I was so used to that that I had a best friend that I used to work with, and she was like, "Well, you can move in, you know, with me. I'll talk to my dad or whatever," and so needless to say her dad had agreed and i her her dad had a little bit of a background like a faith a faith background and she had it too but it just it was just like not portrayed in any way but her dad as soon as i walked into their house he was a single dad too he had his daughter and a and another son and he was so genuine about letting me stay as long as i needed to and so i did but You know, after I moved in with her and I, you know, I packed my stuff from my dad's house and I said, I'm just leaving. I can't do this curfew thing or whatever. I just rebelled and just left my dad's house. And I was just in the state, like I was just rebelling. And I moved in with my best friend and then, you know, did the whole partying. Now I was like, I have all the freedom I, I want. Like, the freedom that I want is right here. I have my car and I was working. I was like, okay, this is fun. This is this. And then things started just, like, crashing down. My car started breaking down and just relationships were that were coming into my life were just so toxic. And I seemed like I was going into this deep pit. And I was dating this guy. And I think that relationship really just set me up for, like... Wow, something has to change in my life or yeah. this is not gonna go well with me personally. And I remember my best friend, she saw how, how bad I was in a state of just like frustration. She was like, Hey, like I have these friends that I I used to hang out with in the past and they just meet together, they're positive people. I think you should come and like spend time with them and, and just see how a different crowd will do for you. I was like, Okay, that's fine. So we show up at seven o'clock at this coffee shop. It was a Bible study. I have no Bible. And I'm just sitting there listening to them. It's so different because my mentality is completely different. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And they're just talking and they're just mm. genuinely laughing and there's peace in this room. And, and I'm like, wow, like they can really laugh without course joking or making dirty jokes. And this is like really awesome. And so I sat through that whole Bible study, didn't know what they were talking about. I just <laughs> know there was peace in the room mm-hmm. and it just – When I left, I just kept coming and coming. And so um, they ended up moving that Bible study into a home. And so it became this house church thing. My relationship with my friend kind of split just because God was already doing something in me at that time. And I was like, no, I really like this. Like there was just a pool that just comes every Thursday to this place. I remember I was breaking up with this guy. I just I left this house. I'm driving at three o'clock in the morning and I stop at this red light. And I'm just sitting there and, like, everything just, like, hit me all at once. And I just started crying and weeping and weeping. And I was just saying sorry to God for all of bad things that I've done because I Mm. felt like everything that was happening to me was because, like, was just coming back to haunt me because of things I've done to other people. Mm. And I was just crying and crying and saying I'm sorry for all these things that I didn't know, that I didn't remember I've done. It was just coming up out of my mouth. And... After I was done confessing or repenting, which you call now because I did not know that's what I was doing, I Mm. felt like tangible peace in my car for the first time. And Mm. um, I've never felt peace like growing up or even where I was at that, never felt peace. I didn't even know what peace was or felt like. Mm. And so I just wiped my tears and I kept driving home and got removed that toxic relationship that I was in. Mm. My best friend was gone. I kept going to this Bible study. And we were going through the book Crazy Love by Francis Chan. And we're going through this video that comes with it. And in one of the videos, he's sharing the gospel. And he's like, you know, if God were to be on one knee and, you know, he's proposing to you and the ring is Jesus, would you marry him? And I was like, literally, I don't know. Holy Spirit, there's something so powerful in my heart that, I, like, everything just, like, stripped, I don't know, I just, I said, yes, Laura. like, it just felt like somebody wanted me, like, I just felt mm-hmm. loved, like, God wants to marry me through Jesus, and, and so I accepted that invitation, that proposal, that engagement, that whatever it was, and mm-hmm. it was so special to me, and I just started devouring the Word of God. Mm-hmm. There was this one friend that I had, he gifted me a Bible, I never had a Bible, he gave me a Bible, and he told me to read Psalms 1, you know, it says you know, blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked, or sits in the company of mockers, and so I read that whole Psalms, and he was asking me do you know what this means, and I was like, no, I, I don't know what that means and, like, I read it I just couldn't understand it, in my eyes, I don't know the skills and so later on, I read it again, when the Holy Spirit did something in me, I'm not sure, I, I could see the scriptures then, and I read it, and I was like, wow, I was the mocker, I was the wicked person. That was mind blowing to me that I was walking instead with the wicked and sim- sitting in the company of mockers and doing all that stuff. And yeah, so that just led me to a journey
0: of where I am now. I'm so struck by the peace that attracted you mm-hmm. and the peace you experienced. And you know, mm-hmm. I'm remembering too, you were talking about checking the boxes of doing things right, you know, and thinking that's all I really need to do. And then God really reveals to you that there's this relationship that it's all about and when you're outside that relationship there is this not peace you know there's this yeah. chaos there's this sadness and desire it, to strive yes yes mm-hmm. yes and perform yes that's right and that's beautiful that, that that's what God used to woo you close to his heart and to yes. experience him. Now, now bring us forward, if you would, Denise, into how you met your husband, and gradually into what you're doing now, and and how does that connect with this quote that Aaron started us with, in terms of a gift that God yes. gave you as a child?
1: Yes. So fast forward. I was probably a year into following Jesus and getting delivered from all these things that I was just really entangled with in the world. And I think my husband came to the Lord around the same time because we were really babes in Christ and hmm. I met him through Snapchat. I don't even know if they use that still, but I love that. They, I mean, we use it for filters, all
2: those okay. crazy cute little bunny filters where it okay. makes it sound like you're on helium. Yeah.
1: That's funny. So, I love that. Yeah, yeah, so we were using yeah. Snapchat and this guy just pops on my little thing and I click on him and he's doing these Snapchat mini sermons and he's like ministering to me, you know, just cool. the stories. But it was like wow, like, this guy's really ministering to me right now. Like, he's speaking my language. Like, he's speaking, like, language as far as, like, spiritual, like, you know, getting yeah. the whole gospel thing. And I had written to him. And I said, like, wow, like, that that really spoke to me, this and that. And so I just kept seeing it, seeing it. And eventually we, we connected on there. And we shared each other's testimony through Snapchat. And then he gave me his number. He called me on the phone while I was at work. And he was in the military. He was Minneapolis somewhere in, in a base and in the military. And so he calls me. And, you know, the gradual introduction, like, hey, how are you? Good. Okay. Yes, yeah." And then next thing you know, he's asking me if I like Chocolate Brothers. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird because he is dark skin. And I was like. I, I love it. I was completely <laughs> thrown off. I was like, Chocolate who? Chocolate Brothers? Like, like, is, like, is that, that a, a band? Store? Yeah. <laughs> Do they sell hot chocolate? Is <laughs> that <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I was like, oh man, I was—I really thought this is just gonna be another guy that's just <laughs> trying to just have a relationship and distract mm-hmm. me from Jesus. And at this point, I didn't want anything to come in between me and Jesus. Like, yeah. it's like no, yeah. like this is sacred. I've done that already. Don't want to deal with that. So. It just, I just didn't like how he approached me, so we just stopped talking for like a few months. No, no hard oh, feelings for you, so girl. I just like, commend you that.
0: disciplined him. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <go ahead>. yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and and he was far away too. I was like, mm-hmm. what am I even mm-hmm. doing right now? Okay, mm-hmm. so <laughs> um, we were following each other on Facebook still, seeing his post. Five months later, I saw a post that really encouraged me again. I said something, he said something, and we just kind of clicked together again and started talking on the phone and. Our relationship really grew, even though we were in different states. And he came to Florida because I was living in Florida. And then I went to Oklahoma to meet his parents and all that. And I packed my stuff in Florida. And we just drove all the way back here to Oklahoma City. And we got engaged and got married a week later. And then that... Wow. It was really fast. When I tell you that, I feel like I married a man I didn't know.
2: (laughs) You kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's really
1: fast. And... Mm. Yeah, but I'm glad I did. Like, I I just really loved his heart for Jesus. Like, his heart for the Lord Mm -hmm. was something really attractive to me and what God did in his life with his story. Mm -hmm.
2: So tell us about your book, Set Apart.
1: So never thought I would write a book. Like I said, like, I'm not very, very well at English at all. And so the fact that God really... Open mm-hmm. this door for a book was insane to me. Mm-hmm. But the book, Set Apart, Stop Comparing, Own Your Giftedness, and Rest in Jesus, was really birthed mm-hmm. out of, I loved the story of Mary Martha. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I've read countless articles about them. And, and just
0: to pause, you know, Mary and Martha were sisters oh, yes. uh, among the early followers of Jesus, stunningly in first century Christianity included as disciples. And they had very different personalities, didn't they? Do they you did. want to chat about that a second?
1: Yes, they have very unique. Personality. So Martha mostly is considered the busy one, the hospitable Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. She can't keep still. And then Mary is just the one that's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Mm -hmm. I read their stories and I was like, Lord, I feel like I can relate to both of them. There are moments in my life where I can be a Mary, and then there are moments that I can be a Martha. And I started like just really digging into them. And I saw that Jesus later in the passages, he says that he loved Martha. And, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in like, don't be like Martha. I feel like sometimes Martha gets a little bit of a shame. And I'm like, man. I but
0: too. I, know. I
1: <laughs> too. Yeah. But Jesus loved her. And he loved Martha. He loved Mary. And God had given them two unique giftings for his glory, for his purposes. And mm-hmm. I read their stories and I saw how, you know, Martha was operating in her gifting. She had that gift of hospitality, but she was doing it. From an anxious heart, which you see how Jesus calls the heart issue in her and says, Martha, Martha, you're anxious about many things and only thing is needed. And Mary had chosen what was better. So, and that's why I was like, okay, so there's nothing wrong with having the gift that God has given you. Like she embraced the gift that God gave her, like a gift of hospitality. Now, what is driving her to do what she's doing? I mean, can you imagine just like having the savior of the world? You hear that he's coming mm-hmm. over to your house with all these disciples. <laughs> no. I mean, I would be R- freaking out too. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what yeah. do
2: you cook? Yeah.
1: Right. You know, and
2: are the dishes really clean?
1: Like- yeah. Exactly. And the house clean, making sure, because this is the savior of the world. Like, this is a big deal. This is not just like the next door neighbor. Like, this is a big what deal. What do you wear? Right. <laughs> you know, yes. like
2: everything. Continue. <laughs>
1: And so, for me personally, like, I host people here in my house every Thursday. And mm-hmm. I love bringing people into my home. And I've had those moments where it's like, people are coming over. Like, I need to, I need to clean the house. I need to make sure there's food and drinks and all that. And so, that's why I can relate to her and to Mary. And then I started examining myself and God was showing me, like, you know, it's the posture of what you're using your giftedness and Like, what is driving you okay. to do?
0: So, pausing just for a second. So, you're saying it's the posture that you're – investing your gift with it's not which gift it's your heart's posture is that what you're saying
1: yes like the heart posture of Mm -hmm. what's driving you Mm -hmm. to do what you're doing is it Mm -hmm. to please people is it to please the person Mm -hmm. that's going to walk in is it comparison or you need acceptance or whatever it is that drives us to do what we're doing Mm -hmm. if it's not in a place of abiding in christ I think because when you're abiding in him, like, there's peace, right? There's rest. When you abide in him, there's rest. You're not trying to please anybody. You're not trying to prove anything because you're already approved by him. Mm. So Mm. what is it that's causing that in us? And and we all battle with that. I think I Mm -hmm. still – I obviously still battle with that.
2: It kind of goes back to, like, what you were saying in the beginning about your story and how you just confessed and just shared all of these things that – whether it's things you've done and things that you feel – And you were met with more peace and you saw how much the Lord loved you. And then I'm thinking about how you shared just now, Martha, her gifts weren't wrong. She was operating out of an anxious heart and Jesus still loved her. It's such a powerful message that Jesus loves us no matter Mm -hmm. how we feel, no matter even if our posture is wrong When we just vocalize, this is how we feel. He's strong enough and confident enough to hold it and take it and sanctify us through it. I
1: love that, Denise. That's right. And I also
2: heard you say, and I'd love to hear a little bit more
0: about this, that we all kind of have pieces of Mary and pieces of Martha in us, you know, maybe different seasons in our lives or different moments in the day. But can you unpack that a little bit more for us?
1: yeah so, like I said, yeah there are moments where I experience the merry heart of things, or I know somebody that has that heart like merry heart of things, like there's this there can be a friend that really she's not like so. Driven with doing things, but she's so good at praying. This woman is just a, such a great listener. Like she can listen to you, you can talk, and she can just listen and listen and listen. To have this just stillness about her, and I've had moments where you know there are days where I don't have to do the things. And mm-hmm. I think as I keep learning, and I keep growing, and the understanding that I am a daughter, and that I'm Him, on set apart. I'm a daughter. I don't have to prove anything the less i'm driven to do all the things like it's okay for me to just sit and chat with a friend or it's okay Mm -hmm. for me to just sit and really engage with my children and forget about the laundry or forget about like the dishes and all that so i think like i said it's a hard posture but i think we all carry that but i don't think that we're all like go, 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 go. Like there's gotta be something in each and one of us women that is that maybe that there is that stillness where we want to sit and listen or sit and read the word or listen to worship or just rest.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it all counts. It all counts.
1: It does. It's not laziness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm Mm -hmm. led back to the way you were attracted to the peace of being in relationship with Christ. And I think that's the thing that we can miss, you know, when we're scurrying, if you will. And uh, you're pulling us back to that's what we're set apart to. Regardless Mm -hmm. of our giftings, we're set apart to him, to accept that proposal, to be in that relationship, to connect with him.
1: Yes, to know him and to be known by him. So, Mm -hmm. yes, Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, there's just nothing to prove. Literally, like when you're outside of Christ, you're, constantly trying to be approved by other people it's this constant battle of like doing things to please other people for me it was like pleasing my mom or my dad by like cleaning the house or just doing things to just win her love for me like it's just this conditional thing but when you're in christ he bought you with the blood of jesus he adopted you as a daughter so now we just live out of this place of Identity of knowing that we're a daughter, we're set apart, we have nothing to prove. Mm-hmm. He loves us right where we are, no matter what. Nothing that we do or don't do will change his love for us. So, that's right. Yeah.
2: Denise, what would you say to the woman that's listening, that's struggling to see some of the things in her childhood were actually gifts that God's now using in her life that maybe were wounds then? Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I think what I would say is that God wastes nothing. Mm hmm and Mm -hmm. even though you had a horrible past I don't know what past you had bad, good, the trauma, all of that you may not have seen the good in it then but like I said God wastes nothing and all of that is shaping you, molding you all the way up until he speaks that identity over you and shows you, like, the why of why this happened. Sometimes, I, let me see, my husband told me recently, he said something so powerful that sometimes what frustrates us the most is what leads us to our giftedness. Like, it's this hmm. something that we're frustrated about sometimes ends up being what our gift is, what gives us passion to do and for example like okay so I would say hospitality is one of my main gifts like I love hospitality opening my home and that didn't happen a lot in my house and community and people and all of that and so that frustration of not having healthy relationships around me or somebody pouring into me encouraging me became that frustration that I wanted God to use me and that and I know he plays that desire in me to open up my home and show hospitality and so That has enabled me to open up my home and have all kinds of people, homeless people, people, strangers, like families, and all of that come into my home and provide a safe place for them to meet Jesus, to find healing, and to feel loved. So i would just say that god just doesn't waste anything he doesn't waste any pain and and that he will start molding and shaping like and showing you really as you keep seeking him like what truly are those gifting and that gift that he has given you to show to the world so that they can meet jesus that's what i would say and to the woman that can't seem to slow down or stop I just want to let you know that you can stop. <laughs> you can rest. You can stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not a works-based thing. I know we get caught up in this culture right now. It's like, go, 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 right? Because if you don't go, you're messing out. You're not getting something done. You're considered lazy. And that's how it was for my culture. It was just like, go, 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 clean. Do this, do that, do that. And you run yourself burnout. But I just want you to know that you have permission to rest. Jesus gives us rest. And yeah, just you have permission to rest, sister, It's gonna be okay. (laughs) And then for the woman that is just, that seems that she's not doing enough and that people call her lazy, I just wanna say you're not lazy. The Lord loves you and you have a gift and He's using you right where you are. Forget about what other people are saying or how people are perceiving you. God is using you right where you are, whether that's praying for somebody, whether that's attending a prayer meeting or really just being engaged with your kids or being that friend that actually takes time to go out at a coffee shop and really listen to someone else's struggle. The Lord is using you in that area. We can't all be the same. The body has different parts for a reason. And the Lord loves you. He sees you. He wants to use you. I
2: love how Denise embraces both Mary and Martha to teach us that Jesus loves each of us and what we have been gifted with no matter what.
0: It was a really insightful conversation. But before we close out today's episode of God Hears Her, we want to remind you that the show notes are available in the podcast description. You can also find a link to learn more about Denise Copeland and her book, Set Apart. And check out the links to connect with Erin and me on social. You can find these links when you visit our website at godhearsher.org. That's
2: godhearsher.org. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget, God hears you. He sees you and he loves you because you are his.
0: Today's episode was engineered by Ann Stevens and produced by Daniel Ryan Day and Jade Gustafson. We also want to recognize Emily and Josh for all of their help and support. Thanks, everyone.
2: God Hears Her is a production of our Daily Bread Ministries.